McDonald's chief executive Jim Skinner said that he will defend the fast food chain's use of toys to promote Happy Meals to children amidst a consumer advocacy group's threat to sue McDonald's over the issue. For how much longer will the local takeaway be available to us? There's trouble brewing about a McDonald's restaurant in Ennis at the moment. The watchdog group Center for Science and the Public Interest has teamed up with a California mother to file a suit against the fast food giant. The mother, Monet Parham, claims the Happy Meal toys act as, quote, bait. Once upon a time, McDonald's was very much the symbol of American cultural dominance. But critics argued that the food was bad and bland, loaded with calories and salt. And I suppose that criticism came to a head with the movie Super Size Me. Mention the word McDonald's. And the debate often centres on big business, a consumerist way of life and a negative impact on public health. How ironic then that McDonald's and its customers, so often accused of contributing to poor nutrition and diet in society, are currently helping provide an essential service in children's health every day in Ireland. The Ronald MacDonald House, located on the grounds of Our Lady's Children's Hospital in Crumlin, provides overnight and long-stay accommodation for the families of seriously ill children being treated at the hospital and allows them to have a semblance of normal life in extremely abnormal circumstances. How would I explain the brain tumour now? Well, first of all, you don't feel it. It's like one of your bones in your body. You don't feel your bone. Um, so you don't feel the brain tumour, because that's a bone as well. I've been diagnosed five weeks ago. and I get this treatment called chemo, and I get it twice a day, so it's not really that much, and I'm going home tomorrow. I was, kind of, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what I'd look like with, with a bald head. Like, it was... I was yeah. Yeah, I kind of... Every day I looked in the mirror and I kind of was like, oh, that's me, yeah. So it was kind of funny when I saw myself. And there we have the TV room where people have internet access and we have our fish tank and they just relax and chill out in there. The house is owned and run by the Ronald MacDonald House Charity Ireland. With annual operational costs of €300,000, over 65% of funding comes through McDonald's in the form of donations by customers, as well as the donations from owners of McDonald's restaurants and their suppliers. A large part of the funding is raised by families and friends of those who have stayed in the house, along with other special fundraising events during the year. House manager Mairead Lavelle leads the team of staff and volunteers. And then through here we have the toddler room where kids from the hospital can play or else their siblings can play. And then in here we have the kitchen and dining room area and each family gets a freezer section and a fridge section. Brian, this is the office area here. And these are two of our volunteers, Leon and Irene. These girls come in every Wednesday and we couldn't survive without them. They're a great help. I just bake scones when I come in on a Wednesday morning and uh, just for the parents and that and I enjoy it. I love it. And why do you do that? Because it was just something I like to get involved in these sort of uh, things. Uh, with the Chernobyl children I was involved for four years and I just I enjoy it and I love baking. And you get to talk to the families when yeah, you're here? Yeah, uh, chat to the families. and um, But it's always a lovely atmosphere in here. It's always an um, easygoing atmosphere. And, that. and then... Upstairs, 
Upstairs we have 16 bedrooms. And the house is divided into four wings, Ulster, Munster, Leinster and Connacht. And then all the, the rooms are called after the rivers because all the roads around here are called after the mountains. Each room sleeps four people and um, has an ensuite bathroom. And we have families who can say anything. We have two families here in for over a year. We also have another house across the road which accommodates four more families which is also full. We're full every night with a waiting list. Since it opened in 2004, over 1,700 families have stayed in the Ronald MacDonald House. They are charged a nominal fee per night and some of them, including Angela and her son George, give a hand in the kitchen. We're just going to have um, tacos for dinner tonight, so it's easy for everybody to come and get um, the, the food. You know, they'll hold for about an hour, I suppose. And um, it's sort of salady, which is nice <laughs> on a nice um, Dublin sunny spring day. Well, there's all sorts of action here, George, is it? Yeah, George. George is. George, what do you do? Grating cheese. It's no good without cheese, is it, George? I always think the cheese goes first. Tell me a bit about how you became involved here. I, uh, George is staying here. George is having treatment in St. Luke's. First, he was here in Crumlin getting some treatment and now he's gone to St Luke's to get radiotherapy so he's got 25 days of that and uh, we, ho- we hope that's going to be the end of it so, so it's, it's, um, it's something we weren't expecting but <laughs> it's actually worked out okay for us George hasn't it so, uh, you've come right at the minute when I'm about to serve the food so <laughs> I think I might nearly kick you out of the kitchen <laughs> So I'm, what we're, going to, we're going to serve up some um, baked potatoes as well to go with it. So I'd say people people start coming in from about half four on looking for food, so we'd better not let them down. The majority of those staying in the house are from outside Dublin. The large communal living area gives families a chance to get to know each other. Have you been here a while? No, we're only here since Monday. OK. And we're going to be here for six weeks. So we get home in the weekends, out here Friday and back in a Monday. Yeah. You can come in and you can saunter around and meet people and have a chat. You can have your cup of tea and peace and quiet in if you want, you know. And people will, I find, they'll leave you alone if you, you don't. You'll be left alone if you want to be, you know. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to have a chat, there's, there's someone people listen. ready Absolutely. to have a chat with yeah. you. Yeah. How many kids have you yourself, Mike? Well, this is the one who's here for treatment at the moment. This is Rebecca. Rebecca. She was ten yesterday, and her Happy sister, birthday. her and sister is at home. Her big sister Rachel is at home, isn't she? Yeah, and yesterday, um, in St Luke's, um, the nurses uh, gave me a big birthday cake. Oh, super. Now, so she's after having three birthday birthday parties, I think, at this stage. Yeah, so you another party when you go home after your stay <laughs> up here too. <laughs> How long are you here for dinner? Um, we came up in early April. And we're, a while, yeah? we're approaching the exit door finally. Yeah. Thanks be to God, yeah. Things have uh, turned around. Um, but uh, my eldest is 10 and they're all back in Cork. Uh, there's another girl, 9, and the baby is 4 and a half now. It's not a baby anymore. But oh, yeah. she asks me when we're at home, where are we staying tonight, Daddy? Are we staying <laughs> in our old house or are we staying in Ronald McDonald's? <laughs> Do you know, that's how much of a, a fixture has been over the 
three months. Right. And the minute they come in the door, they all go to their own corner. Like yeah. one of them likes to fish. The eldest lad goes straight for the computer. Computer, yeah. And the girl goes out on the, the monkey bars, doing all her right. climbing and, um, you know, tis, tis, uh, tis like home to them. They have it, doesn't it? Ah, sure. It's, it's a huge so difference. Yeah. Like we were here over the Easter holidays and uh, Michael was not in great shape then. But to have them here for the practically the full two weeks mm. and the grannies coming and going as well. It's sure. a great boost, Tom, isn't it? Well, it settled everything down. Like, yeah. you know, they were, I suppose they were a bit upset when the first incident happened. It was a heart attack he, he had and a oh, stroke, yeah. yeah. Um, they were a bit upset with that, naturally enough, with how sick he was. But to be up here and spending time with us and going in and out, uh, even though they weren't allowed into ICU, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone kind of settled into the routine and then things started to improve. And, That's true, you don't realise what goes on in these places till it knocks at your own door, so you don't. It's a real life-changing experience. Adam O'Sullivan from Kerry has been living in the house for several months. I'm eight years of age and um, I have a little brother called Billy and I have loads of friends at school. Anyway, um, my teacher's name is Mrs Carl. Um, she's a nice teacher because every time I'm going here or to somewhere, anywhere else, they'd always sometimes make up a big card for me with all their names signed in it. And that's a small bit about myself. Um, well, June of last year, what date? Yeah, June of last yeah, year. Yeah, June of last year, I started getting headaches um, and vomiting. And my mom took me to... My her normal GP and he said it could be he could be just coming down with something, and so then we then one night one Sunday night I was vomiting again and she had to take me to another doctor. He gave us a note to go to the hospital, um, and that evening I was okay, but then um, on Monday I started getting sick again. So my mom took me to the hospital and they kept me in. So we we then went up to Temple Street here um, up in Dublin. Then we had my first operation out of four, and um, that went well. Um, and so, so well, how will I explain the brain tumour now? Well, first of all, you don't feel it. It's like one of your bones in your body. You don't feel your bone. Um, so you don't feel the brain tumour, because that's a bone as well. So you don't really feel it. And do you still get the headaches and still feel sick from nope, time? I don't, not at all. Because, like, they've removed some of it, so um, it's smaller. And at the moment I'm getting radium treatment, which shrinks the brain tumour um, smaller and smaller. So no, nothing at all. A few weeks later, I called back in and met with Angela and George, who was nearing the end of his treatment for a brain tumour. And you got a pretty impressive scar this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a scar's good. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that was just that was an op- a, a biopsy that I had just to see what type of tumour it was. So. <clears throat> and you have, your school friends haven't really seen that yet, have they? They, ha- we, they haven't seen you since you lost your hair. Which 
It took a bit of getting used to, didn't it? But it, now it's kind of cool. Your friends haven't seen you since last year. No, that's two friends this weekend. Yeah. And what what was their reaction like? Uh, they were kind of. I'd say they were kind of surprised. Yeah, they didn't want to say anything to me. I'd say, but they were kind of surprised when they saw me. I'd say. To be fair, one friend bought you a, a, a wig that the Munster fellas used to wear in the... Didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> a doggy hair wig, but he shaved his head now. Well, he shaved it all off, so... And when you looked in the mirror the first time after you saw it, what did you think? I, it was kind of, I, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what I'd look like with, with a bald head. Like, it was... Yeah, every day yeah. I looked in the mirror and I kind of was like... Oh, that's me, yeah. So it was kind of funny when I saw myself. What about um, homework? Does being sick mean that you don't have to do as much homework? Yeah, well, I didn't, well, I've kind of been up here just for the holidays, but I'm going to be going to school in Crumlin, and in the hospital there's a school over. So how long more do you have left here? Just till the end of next week. That's, that's it. So we go home and George will be pretty tired after that and we'll just stay home for a while, have about a month of just recovery because the treatment continues to work after that time. On the wards of Crumlin Hospital, school principal Mary McCarran and her staff ensure children keep up with their schoolwork. Children arrive up to Dublin for treatment and sometimes parents have to bring their siblings with them and they end up as a family living in Ronald MacDonald and over the years we've taken in the siblings of children who are receiving treatment and they would be here up to eight or nine months during the school year Um, last year we had two siblings uh, two sets of siblings and uh, we have just sent home a child who's been with us since last October here until the beginning of June So, and their siblings would come in and out when they're living in Dublin in Ronald MacDonald also a lot of children would receive treatment in St Luke's and they, those children we would arrange with them while staying in Ronald MacDonald so they'd have their school session in the morning and their St Luke's session in the afternoon and Monday to Friday they might be in Dublin and get their education they continue education we try to mirror what's been done in their own mainstream school but if the, if circumstances have changed because of their illness we have to adjust the education um, to make it more appropriate for the child and the main aim then is that they would reintegrate in their own school with their own peers not that we keep them back but that they would reintegrate in their own school so it, it proves um I suppose a normalising situation and we have five teachers here, three primary two post-primary OK, that's great. Julia, do you finish? So leave the glasses with me until tomorrow, unless, is anyone going home today? I'm not sure OK, you're going to take yours with you and everyone else leave them here with me until they're dry OK We'll see you tomorrow OK, off we go Luke One of the longest residents in the Ronald MacDonald house is 24-year-old Sarah from Cork. Her son Callum was born almost a year and a half ago with serious medical complications and has been in and out of hospital ever since. Well, he was six weeks premature. He uh, was born with a, a hernia on his right-hand side which is very uh, life-threatening. 
uh, kind of more so than the left hand side because of the kidney, the bowel, and the liver. But I like to move up in up here in January to have him in Hollis Street. Um, he was born in February. He came here. He had his first operation the Tuesday morning. So hopefully he'd be home soon. Like he'd, they're saying like he'd have to come home on with machines and a nurse to look after him day and night. Um, he needs like 24-hour care. And that must be difficult being up here, is it, Sarah, given that you're so far away from home? I'm not sure if you have family in Dublin. Yeah, it's, well, at the start it was very, very, very hard. With no family, no friends, no anything. Everyone's so far away. Um, but when I kind of got through it, but then when we uh, went back to court for the six weeks and everything happened again, I was like, oh, God. But this time around, it seems to be a bit better because I kind of knew the nurses from the ICU. I knew the people in the house. I kind of knew my way, like, how to get to the town and how to come back. So I kind of knew people, so it wasn't too bad this time around. How has this changed you, this experience? Oh, it's kind of like after making me stronger and... So when I first came up here, I used to be sitting in the corner leaving the doctors tell me what they want to say. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when I came back up then the second time, like if it's like one day a doctor like came in and I was asking him and like they wouldn't answer my question. I goes, look, I'm asking you a question. I want you to answer the question I'm asking. And I'm like, oh, my God, did I just do that? So like I'm after totally change and like I'm kind of fighting to kind of get answers and see what the story is with Callum, not kind of just sitting back and leave the, leave the take his course. When you think of McDonald's, you don't think of a place like this <laughs> and you don't hear people like you talking about, you know, this type of experience. No, was it, I can't remember. Was it someone who was coming off visiting, but they were actually looking for McDonald's. <laughs> they didn't realise that it was, the house was actually called Ronald McDonald's. But I say loads of people, because I, when I first heard Ron McDonald, I was like, all right, Ron McDonald, until I was kind of up here myself and, oh, that's what it is. So like I say people just don't understand. People are looking for the, the yellow egg. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't realise that it's just a house. Because like even if you go to McDonald's, like they even have a box where you can just put money into for the house, which I think is very, very helpful. Could I get a, uh, a mac chicken sandwich, please? Would you like that in a meal or just on its own? Uh, in a meal, regular, please. Regular. And to drink with that, sir? Uh, Coke, please. Allowing for the doubtless good work the Ronald McDonald House does, obesity levels in Ireland have soared over the past decade, putting added strain on the very same health services that Ronald McDonald House aims to assist. Is there not attention in a company like McDonald's assisting a facility like the Ronald McDonald House as part of their corporate social responsibility policy? McDonald's Ireland Managing Director John Atherton. I don't think there's a, a tension there. I think there's a logical fit, um, if, if I'm honest, because yeah, we're a family restaurant. This is where kids come to, come to eat. And yes, McDonald's food has been under scrutiny in the past, but I think now that people understand that the food that kids get within McDonald's, within the Happy Meals, you know, if a kid's going to eat 90 meals a month, they'll come to McDonald's twice a month, and what they can choose um, fits within the guideline daily amount. So... The majority of our Happy Meals are less than one-third of a kid's guideline daily amount. There's been 
an evolution, so uh, you know, kids can swap out uh, a fruit bag for for French for, you know, for French fries in the meal. And um, uh, you know, g- generally, I think it's now understood that you know, McDonald's as part of a, a balanced diet is absolutely fine. There have always been companies in Ireland, for example, Guinnesses, who would have bought the first ambulance in Dublin way back when. Um, so there has been this long tradition in Ireland. So it probably fits very well within that tradition that McDonald's would support something like this. Yeah, I, I think so, and yeah, very much so in Ireland. It seems to me there's many companies that do that, and I think um, sort of nowadays um, it's become trendy to have a CSR strategy. And the way we looked at it um, in McDonald's was that you know we've got our CSR strategy. It's not just the Ron McDonald House, but it's the way we treat our people, it's the education we give our, 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 our crew. What we decided to do when everybody else was coming up with the CSR strategies was just talk a little bit more about the things that, things that, we, the things that we do. So values-based organisations have the, has CSR at the heart. It's, um, it's interesting for me being a McDonald's here and seeing the collection box on the counter and would have seen that hundreds of times when I was at McDonald's, but now knowing the backstory behind it. And I think a lot of people wouldn't realise the extent to which you support uh, families who are in real need. Um, I suppose you have to manage that, don't you, in terms of trying to show people what's happening, but also pulling back a little bit and not being seen to capitalise on that. Yeah, getting the balance right is is important. So, you know, one day a week, a year, we'll have a big you know, fundraising day, and it's all about the the, the, the house. Um, and then from time to time, we can have special events in the re- in in the restaurant. So we'll feature the house and talk about the number of families that have been there. But it's not a message that's going to be there 365 days of the year. It becomes wallpaper. So when you're talking about things to do with a brand, you just got to focus on something in particular, and that's the way it fits for us. At Crumlin Hospital, frontline staff dispensing care for the families who use Ronald McDonald House are not interested in philosophical questions around McDonald's role in public health. For consultant Dr. Ingus O'Markig, the debate is somewhat irrelevant. If they wanted good PR, they'd be shouting from the rooftop about the good work that they do in, with the Ronald McDonald Houses, but they don't do that. And if selling burgers is what you've got to do to provide this service and this help to us, fantastic. Again, the moderation. Uh, nobody's saying you should eat McDonald's all day, every day. But in moderation, it's fine. So um, I have nothing but good things to say about what they provide for us here. The inside of the hospital is a mix of dated wards and state-of-the-art equipment. A new ICU unit has helped alleviate the pressure. But as an actual physical space for sick children to get better, it is far from ideal. Dr. Remarkig takes us on a tour of some of the wards where residents of the Ronald MacDonald House currently spend large portions of each and every day. It's the National Children's Cancer Centre, which um, we see about 140 new patients a year. And uh, every child with cancer in Ireland comes and they at least get their initial diagnosis and treatment planning done here. And then... Most of the chemotherapy will be delivered here, but we've a shared care programme with other centres around the country whereby some of the treatment can be, can be delivered locally. It'll save an awful lot on, on trips. Of that 140, there are about 40 or 50 children every year in Ireland with leukaemia. And they'd all be treated here as well. How long would a leukaemia patient be in for treatment? Depends on the type of leukaemia. If it's myeloid leukaemia, it's a very short, sharp, intensive treatment period. 
which lasts about six months, but the downside is that you're in the hospital for three or probably four of those months as an inpatient. Lymphoblastic leukaemia, however, the more common type, the treatment's delivered over two to three years. And apart from the first week in the hospital, all of that treatment then is delivered as an outpatient. So we also have the National Children's Bone Marrow Transplant Centre here. And a lot of the children in um, the Ronald MacDonald House would, uh, or the families in the Ronald MacDonald House would have children in the transplant unit because we know you'll be in for at least six weeks uh, when the child comes in for a transplant. And it's essential that the parents get out of here every now and again. For parents not fortunate enough to get a room in the Ronald MacDonald House, this often means staying in nearby hostels or B&Bs which can place added financial and logistical pressures on their situation. With funding an ongoing issue in many hospitals nationwide, the finances are diverted to the most needed areas. And even where parents and family accommodation is provided, it can be basic. My name is Gary, this is Roxana, and we're in Our Lady's uh, Children's Hospital in Crumlin with our baby daughter Isabel. She has the aviated septal defect, which means that she has holes in her heart which need to be repaired. We started in the parents' accommodation over in the hospital itself, which unfortunately is um, not to great, great levels or standards. And um, we found out about this through one of the nurses who's taking care of her daughter, and she put us on the list, and we got over her and are delighted to be here. Yeah. Can you just describe the parents' accommodation in the hospital? Well... <sighs> The only way I could really describe it is it's akin to more of a hostel. Um, there's uh, two, um, two units for males and females for showers and toilets and then just very basic rooms. It's, a, it's along a corridor and the rooms will be either side of like facing each other in alternate numbers. It was a shock really when you get up there and you think that uh, especially people who are like under severe pressure with children uh, who are ill, be it leukaemia or our own situation with them, um, or child has heart problems, you know, and these cases pour in and out day by day, uh, week by week, 365 days a year, all year, every year <laughs> since before us, and I'm, I'm sure after us as well, unfortunately, you know. And, um, yeah, there's, there's very basic facilities for parents, especially who are under pressure coming up, leaving jobs, you know. Uh, they have families, they have kids, like we have another child at home, um, Jennifer, and, you know, it's, it's difficult to bring them into those those situations as well. I mean, it's great the Ronald McDonald House is that you feel like you're not on the hospital grounds when you get back here. Um, there's a lot of volunteers come in. Um, there's lots of great people doing things in their own time. Um, certainly, it's, it's a shock for anyone in the first place to have to deal with the trauma of their child needing to come here. Um, it's, it's a doubly uh, kind of traumatic experience to be put into very basic accommodation, sometimes on, on not even mattresses. You're, you're on the, the, the emergency mattresses, the kind of just foams, you know. And one of the big worries, like, we're, we're always grateful to get any help when you come up here, but one of the big worries is when your child is very sick and they're in isolation, that there's an element of disease or viruses. And when you're in a place that really is very basic and it's nothing to do with the people running it, it's just that they don't have any funding, that your child could catch something from you through where you're staying. So you're very conscious of that and you have very little choice, um, but to, to kind of go with the flow, you know. Other parents also shared negative experiences, including Kate from Middleton, 
who expressed concerns about the facility. You've two separate sides. You've F2 and E2. Now E2, the kitchen down there is just tiny. And then E, yeah, E2 is the small kitchen. F2 then has a big, huge kitchen. But you don't even have an oven. You have a little hob and a, the fridge space then is atrocious. No one has any set space. You just basically squeeze everything in wherever you can fit it and you're tying little stickers onto everything. And so it shows how hard it is to stay up there long term because it was a bad experience. Like it, It's hard to go down to your baby then and be in a good mood after being there all night on your own. I mean, um, when we got to the ICU ward with Isabel, we were in... I suppose a mirror image of the the parents' accommodation. Again, a corridor with rooms off that were very basic. And children have been going through that corridor since the the early eighties. The old ICU, and it was the same week that Isabel came in that they opened the new ICU that we went into, which was what we thought the ICU was. You know, a modern, up-to-date facility with the best equipment available. If this is the centre of excellence in Ireland. Really, it was a very poor show, and you know, until of course they opened the new one. But then you go up to the next level, and you know, it's back to square one when you're in the the recovery ward. So there, there's such a gap, and you 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 kind of go around going, okay, we owe what is it now, 170 billion, 140 billion, ridiculous numbers. Like when you could have 10,000 children hospitals, you could like where, what was the focus on when you're trying to build? Uh, not only an economy but a state you know the, the money should go into the the state and the people uh, not not empty houses as they are now vacant apartments Basically. or ghost villages you know should have been quite practical and said look let's put the money into our, our infrastructure or pe- people crumlin children's hospital accepts there are pressures on providing parent and family accommodation on site the current parent units were built as nurses accommodation in 1956 and changed to their present use in the late 1980s. There has been no major refurbishment since then, and staff do what they can with stretched funding. The unit has 45 basic rooms, and up to 80 parents can sometimes be staying on site, with only a few bathrooms and washing facilities. Many of the bedrooms I saw didn't have any sink. Upgrading the units is one of many priorities for the hospital, and there is a hope that fundraising efforts in the coming months may help improve conditions. Back at the Ronald MacDonald House, parents talk about the advantages of being close to the hospital in an understanding and comfortable environment. There is times in the day when you know somebody just wants to be left alone or whatever, but in the evening time it is kind of a... How's your little girl today or a boy or whatever, you know? And we would have a chat and a few minutes conversation or whatever. And if you are upset, sometimes it does come out, you know. But, um, you know, it, it is catch-up time in the evening, but there is times of the day when, you know, you have your ups and downs. It's just, it's just good, to, I suppose, to talk to people if you've been given bad news or, you know, and somebody else will say to you, well, that happened to us and we got through that. And somebody will always kind of lift you. You know, you're not, you're not on your own all the time and... Somebody just say, oh, that happened to us, and then you feel better, and it kind of goes out of your mind, like, you know, so it's good. Yeah, head over to the hospital, like, um, go in and talk to doctors, um, spend a while over there, see how things are going, and you come back, you come back here, like, and it's, sometimes when you're, if you're in the hospital full time, it's, it's, can get you down, like, and it's nice to have a place like this to get away from the hospital, and, and not not to be 
you're over there all the time, like, and yet you're still beside it if anything goes wrong or if you want it, or you can pop in and out when you want, as often as you want, like, you know. It's very handy for that. My day is a bit different. We're over in St. Luke's, so we just get the taxis over every morning, you know, so we're gone for a good bit of the morning and back in the afternoon, and our plan today is to head to the cinema. <laughs> so it's no doctors until tomorrow morning again, but here last week... He wasn't well, so it was great. You know, we were able to just go s- straight across into the hospital scene in two minutes, you know, instead of panicking if we were at home or anything else, you know, just literally across the path and in. Yeah, it's a, lot e- it's a lot easier because a lot of um, parents are going through the exact same thing and the exact same procedures. Like, we've already met two other families that have the same heart condition as our baby and we all were kind of helping each other get through that and... You know, they know what we're going through and we know what they're going through. And then you've all other different families as well. So It, it is great, like, to be able to touch you there and your two little kids are up here, which is... And, you know, my kids were up here one week as well. I thought it was great. I wanted to know where the swimming pool was. <laughs> to know. Despite the quality of accommodation provided by the Ronald MacDonald House, being away from home for long periods of time can be challenging. It adds up because if you're if you're not bringing money in, um, and there's, you see, there's the, the thing is the time that the factor is time. Uh, for some parents that we're speaking to here, they're here five months. Uh, we were speaking to a lady last night, and her we saying, "Oh, this lady, she's here for five months." She said, "It's not a long time, you know." There's other parents who've been here since last August or even a year. So, um, with with Isabel, her condition is uh, the aviated septum defect that she. Thankfully, has uh, had her surgery and is doing well. Um, for us, we're not up here for an extremely long period of time compared to other people. It'll be maybe a month and another two weeks, maybe six six weeks in a time period. Um, but it does cost. And for everybody who's here, if you're not bringing money in and you're spending money and, of course, you have your day-to-day expenses, then it all adds up. And every little pressure is an extra pressure. And it's the last thing you want to be thinking about when you're thinking about your child, how much... Is this going to cost me? Can I stay here any longer? Do I have to leave my partner behind to deal with the emotional uh, you know, drain? And, you know, two heads are always better than one. And, you know, the, these are things that you, when, you, when you come back to the Ronald McDonald's and you sit down and you're, you're discussing your plans for the next week or the next few days, that they're all factored in, you know. Parents, they just, uh, they have to go back to work and they leave one behind. And it's very tough, you know, sometimes to be on your own. Uh, I'm very lucky that I have Gary next to me and uh, we get through that. But we don't know how long we can keep that because he needs to go back to work. We hope his wish is going to get better every day, that's it, so we can go back to our normal lives and carry on, you know. As you can see, some of the rooms are sponsored when, when families or anybody raises money. If they raise over 5,000 euro, they get a room. And families who've left here have been very good and have sponsored many rooms. This family, a family from Donegal who raised over 21,000. The plaque says, Emer's room, this house, and the courageous people we've met here are just a few of the silver linings. Most nights of the week, there's a waiting list of parents trying to get overnight accommodation in Crumlin. Plans for a new national children's hospital incorporate purpose-built parent accommodation. Construction has yet to begin. 
Until then, charities like the Ronald McDonald House continue to support the families of some of our sickest children. <laughs>